0: You, Yo, what's good? Welcome to CounterCurrents. This is your host, Petey Steele.
1: And Elena Torres. Uh, We are not CounterCurrents anymore. We're the Arlington Draft House podcast. Oh shit, did but I still say that? Yeah,
0: yeah. I have done it enough okay. times.
1: It's okay. It's the same people, the same format. We just did a little bit of a rebrand for you guys. So if you're right, new to the right. Arlington Draft House podcast, if you've been here the whole time, which a lot of you guys have, welcome back to the... Same countercurrents people just renamed to the Arlington Draft House podcast. Our guest today, very close friend of the podcast, very hilarious comedian. I know this is the first mind. time I've been
2: on since the podcast has been together for so long, but not to interrupt your flow or anything. Please okay, continue. Okay.
1: You know what? We'll forget the <laughs> intro. Randolph Terrence, everybody.
2: Hey everybody. I'm a close friend. First time, first time on this podcast has existed for years now. Yeah. I'm a
1: close friend. Yeah, first, first time on the. No, this is not. No, your first
0: no, time. You, you were on with Andy that time. Yeah, not
1: true. This is not All your right. first time. This is, I think, your at least second, maybe even third. So many podcasts. I don't remember. Are you sure? Wow. I remember right after the pandemic, remember.
0: it was the four of us me, you, Elena, and Andy. I will bring the
1: proof up right now. You've been on at least one other time. Pre
2: pandemic. Okay. All right. Because they. But, Listeners, they've been on uh, me and Andy's podcast multiple times. Elena just recorded the drop last
0: count. Yep, for me, that's right.
2: Elena Elena just recorded a. As a matter of fact, I I feel like Petey is mentioned in the theme song.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I think I I am, unless they switched it up on me.
2: Yeah, one of We got like we got like four theme songs in rotation now. Oh, really? Yeah, we got like four theme songs. We got three theme songs for the woke files. And like four for or the regular, for the regular, the nice.
3: regular pot. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I did a
2: little. I
1: did a little pimp voice for the last episode. You told you me did. that. Yeah, did one she tell out? you
0: about that? No, go ahead. She did the. Uh, she did Kenny
2: Red's monologue. Get out. Yeah, yeah. We're using it. We use the Saturday. it. People, I always loved it. <laughs> oh my the white god. white lady, like a white yeah.
1: suburban lady.
2: I just I wrote it. I rewrote it a little differently for her, and then she recorded three of them.
0: <laughs> so Elena, did you do the A hey, bitch, A hey, bitch? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did all of it <laughs> That's perfect. I've been doing that for years and I had no yeah. idea. That's I feel a little bit uh intruded upon to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: we wanted it to be we wanted it to be a white lady. You can't be one of us to do it. So we were <laughs> like we have been talking about something and somebody in the in the chat was like, "You know Elena's right there." I was like, "That's right." <laughs> so I reached out to Elena. We were like, "Who can we get to say this?" The uh, the first choice was uh, the person who lives in my house, who's related to me by marriage. <laughs> but she was like, "I'm not doing that." So I was like, "Okay, well."
0: Wow. So <laughs> so she... she... I
1: said yes in two seconds. I was like, "Yeah." Okay.
0: So then you know what I have to ask? Was she the first mother to publicly denounce Mother's Day? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Yeah, she got a baby too, but she got a pip to pay too. You know
2: what we need? We need a uh, Ann Wolf drop. I
0: mean, oh shit! You
2: know you're good with that one. I gotta, I gotta find that one and get later. Oh that. yeah.
0: Well, if if sands and butts was candy chairs and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas. But it ain't. <laughs> I didn't that- like to see him laying down like that on the fucking ground but you got to be prepared to fight or else lay down with your nuts in the air which would you choose point blank period
2: and Wolf is is one of the few uh, women trainers boxing trainers in the game
1: ah she's
2: fantastic she's fantastic just oh, listen yeah. to her talk
0: <laughs> i just saw ah. some of those clips
3: i figure mean, i to wow. do that yeah, Hell no, great. he ain't
0: reached that point yet. You think a slave <laughs> that didn't want to pick the cotton just got up and said, "No, you got to set your mind to fight."
2: <laughs> wow. And Wolf, yeah, she lives. She lives, She was. She had a small part in uh, in Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, the first, the first, the one? first one. Yeah, the first one, the good one, because the second one is. I was gonna terrible. say that's a great movie. The first one, she was one of her one of her trainers.
3: There's a scene oh, like where she
2: there's a scene where she she hits this trainer with a staff in the back and she just turns around and looks at her. That's Ann Wolf. Because they brought in all these all these athletes to be the Amazons. Oh Yeah. I
3: haven't seen that movie. I might actually
0: see a superhero movie if that's the case. That actually Wonder Woman is good.
3: Wonder Woman, the first one is good. And I'm
1: not a superhero movie person, but that's a great that's a great one the extended
2: cut of um, the um, Justice League with Wonder Woman and um, Batman. They they say it's like four hours. The Josh, I guess what's his name? Zack Snyder? Is that his name? Am I saying it right? I don't know. The guy who does Disney movies, who does the uh, DC movies that are terrible, he had this this long vision in his head of like this four-hour epic movie. And he he presented that, then they cut it down into this terrible, like hour and a half, two-hour movie. But then he released a four-hour extended cut, and mm-hmm. it. it's good. It's long as shit, and it's four hours. I I broke it up into the washings, but it's it's a lot different. It's way more darker. It's a lot darker. It's a lot of. I like that. Wonder Woman yeah. cuts a head off. She don't cut heads off in movies, but she just cuts a dude's head off. There we know? go. Yeah, wow. it's a lot better.
1: I'll check that out.
3: Yeah, you ain't going. I'm a little I'm bit trying.
1: I'm a little bit OD on the really? on the Marvel superhero DC. I'm kind of like I'm OD and I feel like I'm not alone. I can't anymore.
2: Really? Are you like Jessica Lang
1: talking shit? Is Jessica Lang talking a lot
0: of shit? Yes, she is.
2: She was talking shit last week about how Marvel movies are just cash. She doesn't believe in Marvel movies cuz they're just cash grabs and she right. believes in the art. Of, she believes in the art of the movie. I'm like, "Really, bitch? You made King Kong?" uh nineteen seventy six. Did you do that for the for the artistic merits of the movie, or?
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, calling it. Most movies are cash grabs
0: yeah. at this
3: stage. You know, yeah. I you haven't keep seen Jessica go Lange in and
0: nothing since Cape Fear. I don't think
2: the last thing I remember seeing her in was. Um...
1: She did American Horror Story,
2: right? Oh. I don't watch that. I'm sure. I but bet she, she got she an did. Emmy
1: for that. I think.
2: I bet she did. Well, after that, she did. So Louis has the thing on his website, Horace and Pete.
3: Yeah. It's
2: like Louis, Steve Buscemi, uh, Alan Alda. She has a part in it. Uh, Edie Falco has a, plays Louie's sister in it. You had to buy it from his website. This was before Louis was was. Um, before
1: I was the, say, that's,
2: that's from a while ago. Before he had his troubles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Buy yeah. From his that's website from a for a dollar. You can buy it from the website for a dollar, and uh, it was very, it was very well done. It was very well acted, and a that's lot right. of really good actors it. That's
3: right.
2: And she was in that. That came after the Emmy thing, though, because that's I remember him saying he either ran into her at an Emmy or he ran into Edie Falco at an Emmy and asked him, "Would you like to be in this thing?" And they were like, "Yeah, some of the script."
1: I'm looking at her IMDb. Let's see Let's see some of the latest that she's done. 1949. Okay. What is that? That's for the year she was born. Oh, okay. I thought that was like um, a movie. It was like, known for here, filmography. Oh, she was in The Politician. I like that. Do you guys see that? No. Yeah. On Netflix. That was a um, same guy who does. Why can't I think of his name? Ryan who does American Horror Story. Hmm. The guy who did Glee and everything.
0: I miss Glee. Sorry.
1: What's his, what's his name? <laughs> the the Well, I'm really embarrassed right now. Uh anyway, Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Murphy likes her.
0: Nice. Randolph, what have you been doing lately? I hear some rumors about a uh script of sorts.
2: Yeah, I've been I'm writing on uh the Maniacs podcast. It's a podcast by Michael Harriet. It's a history podcast. It's called Drapedomaniacs. Um, the great Michael Harriet, uh the dean of Black Twitter is what we call him. <laughs> um he uh he started this history project and I've got I got brought in on that. So that's been a lot of a lot of writing where I write we take a historical thing we write a script one of the first the first one I brought in was a guy named Charlie Case he's the first black stand-up comic nobody knows about he started in the time of vaudeville uh black man obviously uh he was the first one to stand on stage and tell jokes just oh. jokes not monologue he was at the he was a contemporary of um of Mark Twain Wow. But Mark Twain just did monologues. He didn't do jokes. This guy just did jokes. and so just told jokes. Cool. Uh, that was the first. That was the first one I was brought in on. And then there's been. I just, I just. Um, there's one called uh, the kissing. Is called Robert Smalls. Let me look at the. Let me pull up the. Uh, you, know, you can, by the way, people, if you want to listen to these, you can get them anywhere you get your podcasts. It's draped in maniacs. D R A P Drape Toe T O Maniacs M A N I N I A X. Drape domaniacs. Drape What's
0: drape to? At... <laughs>
2: That's funny you should ask that. Drape was the disease that was coined by a man named Adolphus Wright, I believe was his name. I should know this. I've said it so many times. He was a, it was in the 1800s, drapedomania was a disease that made black people run away from slavery. Black people were running away from slavery. They had there had to be something wrong with them because that was their natural state was to be in slavery. So no they had drapedomania. That's the disease. No wow. way. Drapedomania. Yeah. So drapedomaniacs, wow. drapedomaniacs are people, are black fully people, are black people who want to live as fully formed human beings.
1: Should have my shirt,
2: raped the maniacs.
1: Wow. I didn't wow. know that.
2: It's yeah. ridiculous
1: and fucked up. I mean, not that everything yeah. in slavery isn't, but like details yeah. like that are what fucked me up. I did not know that.
2: So there's been like 14 now. You have um Afina Shakur on trial, how to get a rape with the uh Robert Williams and the kissing case, featuring Bob the drag queen. That one I did a lot of work on. Um Robert Williams was a the, the premise of that one was that they always say that the struggle for civil rights was uh, was largely peaceful and we shall overcome. And it was just, you know, peace. And it wasn't. There was a lot of people who were straight up, let's go to war. Robert Williams was one of them. This was in 1955. This wasn't very long ago. He died, in the, he died in the early 80s, I believe, of old age. Um Two boys were, two boys of nine-year-old boys were arrested for, because a white girl their age kissed them on the cheek. So this town in North Carolina, they arrested this, this young boy, yeah. these young yeah. boys and they broke them out of jail. <laughs> they broke them out of jail and then basically faced off a whole town. He had organized a whole like brigade of ex-military black people in the town, plus the women where everybody was armed and they went to blows. So we told the story through, because all these are history podcasts, but we set them in different places. This one we did it through a story hour in a library. Cool. So wow. it was like supposed to be story hour in libraries. We had kids in this one, kids starring in it. And um, somewhere along the way, we decided it was going drag, drag, to be a drag story hour in a library, drag me story hour in a library. So we brought in Bob the Drag Queen, an actual drag queen. Yeah, we bring in people from – we have different guest stars. A couple of them have had stars like um, Roland Martin, Nina Weber, and Brian Forte. Damon Young, J.L. jumped on one. Um, Malcolm Jamar Warner, Tiffany Cross, then was on one.
0: Malcolm? What's Malcolm been up to aside from that? I haven't heard his name. much.
2: Not yep. much Charlemagne Charlemagne did one. Huh. Kev, on yeah. Kev on stage on stage was Charlie case and my wow. name, Roy Wood jumped on one Roy wood and jo- Joe Joy Reese on one because they're all friends So so we ride and we we don't really know who the who's going to be casting the characters
3: mm-hmm.
2: it was a team of about six of us we meet in writing rooms every day and talk about it
3: mm-hmm.
2: try to work it out nice you know yeah I just gotta a little bit of money from one the other day, as a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> one that I just written on, you know. Uh, it's nice to hear my name in the credits. My name is in the credits on every on every episode. It's nice. I'm not going to lie, Isaiah, it's not. It is. It is. Yeah. So, as Elena knows, I just, I've been working on screenwriting, something like that.
0: Oh, you deserve it. It's a lot of work, I imagine.
2: Yeah, one script I put, like, 18 hours into. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and when I start, once I get a deadline, I I seem to write better when I have a deadline.
3: Same. Yeah.
1: I'm
2: Same. I mean, think that's my, super
1: important. I make people give me deadlines, even if they're yeah. like, oh, "What do you want?" I'm like, "No, you tell me. Like, give me when a day you, I
2: when you it, need this." Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. If you just leave, like I've been working on this thing for Kevin Hart that I was going to write about Kevin, not for Kevin Hart, about Kevin Hart,
3: uh-huh. and I
2: can't <laughs> seem to get my ass to the seat to write it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, ah, what's on television? <laughs> you
0: know,
2: mm-hmm. I need to just sit down and write this thing, you know? Yeah,
0: that's all they... it is a lot of times, and it never fucking ends, you know? But it's the same thing when you're doing, like, mental health work. You tell people you can't really think your way into a way of acting. You got to act your way into a way of thinking. Right. And you just get going. It doesn't have to be a masterpiece. It won't be the first 10 strokes but then you know you hit that rhythm and boom you're going yeah and
2: that's what I'm trying to do so uh, I just did a I just did a podcast with an author DL white in um who lives in Atlanta who's um written she's a romance novelist she's written quite a few romance novels and we talked about writing processes and getting into the chairs and stuff like that what do well, you have I to mean do?
1: some people have worked with partners forever just for that. Mm -hmm. you know, just for accountability. Like there's tons of people that are like, hey, let's just meet in a coffee shop every Tuesday at this time.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Tell me what you're working on. Just because I feel like that's the hardest part in writing because it's not structured time.
2: Mm -hmm. You know? Her thing was like, you just may not be the person who can do the, who can say, I'm going to sit down now and do it. It could just be right when you write.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Right when you write and you don't, when you don't. If you don't have it, you're not on the deadline. If you're on the deadline, that's different. You have to you know but if you're on a deadline
0: then we need you know yeah i think most people deadlines is what works i mean there's special cases i had this book that was pretty good called uh daily rituals about like i think 50 to 100 famous artists a lot of writers but playwrights and then directors and people like that and they talked about their daily routines and Most of them don't even differ that much. They work on a straight schedule. I mean, it's deadlines, not really imposed by others, but even just amongst themselves. And they take it to heart and it gets to be pretty boring, but they get it done. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know,
1: I find, like, using any kind of prompts is helpful, too. Like, PD, actually, something you sent me, I use to write a lot, especially with stand-up jokes, but even for other things. All those, the Gary Goldman Twitter tips that he did.
0: Yeah, right.
1: You know, he does say, like, at some point, you know, because to Randolph's point, there are days where it's just, like, it's just not in me right now. Like, I scheduled the time, but it's just not in me. And sometimes it's just, like, just put something on there and set a timer and don't go on your phone and don't go on youtube and just like put something and then you know about half the time it'll lead to something productive
3: oh yeah yeah you
1: know even if you just give yourself 20 minutes where have you found that you're writing best
2: as is, is location wise
1: just in general, like like what times a day? What's the most inspiring? Like where? I don't think
2: there's is is a there's a right here is where I write mm-hmm. <laughs> on this laptop sitting right here. Um, I don't think there's a there's a time of day or anything like that. That doesn't that doesn't particularly if I again if I have a deadline, it doesn't matter <laughs> wherever I'm wherever I'm at. Um, when I was writing for television, I had to have everything on a certain time. The day was very regimented. It started at twelve, ended at six. I needed to have everything in by four, somewhere in the in the four, four thirty range. Everything had to be in by four. So, and that was a whole four to six hundred word essay on whatever thing. So if I have to do a lot of research for it or stuff like that, it doesn't matter. I gotta get it all in. Yeah. So and I would do that sitting on my bed sometimes with a uh with a lap desk or sitting in the living room, maybe or upstairs, doesn't matter. It, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I can sit down anywhere and start writing. It doesn't matter whether it be longhand or with a laptop. It
3: doesn't. It doesn't.
1: Mm-hmm. For me, it always takes me like a minute to get in the zone. Like if I'm gonna sit, it's like all right. I gotta give myself like a good thirty minutes, just like sitting where I am now in my little office room in front of my desk, like. Gonna take me like a good thirty minutes to actually focus. Like, let me get out of the way. Like, there's always some bill or some shit on my desk that I gotta solve. Like, I gotta solve something to like clear out my space, and then I can do it.
2: Yeah, if you wrote on a show, like an everyday thing, you 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 wouldn't have problems because yeah. you have your production meeting at twelve. It's it's a twelve o'clock every day. It was a twelve o'clock every day, Monday through Friday. It didn't matter. Yeah, got to meet the production meeting first. You know, it was a Zoom call, so we're all on a Zoom call talking. That's over at twelve thirty, and then you start. You know, and then you could, you know, plan out how long it's gonna take you to do this, how long it's gonna take you to do that, and then you're you're on your own, which I like. You know, it's not I interrupt to the store right quick, I can run up to the store, you know, the yeah. cleaners or whatever. I'm writing in my head as I'm as I'm doing these things. And you know, when I sit down, I just start or if I don't have anything going on, I can just jump right in, you know. But it's that I think that the that production meeting was the one the get going part. Yeah,
1: same
2: yeah, like
1: meeting. got your brain in the mode. Yes, same question we're talking about. Speaking of production meetings, what do you guys think? Okay, the strike's over now. How
3: right. do you think
1: some of these like late night shows and stuff are going to look after right. five months off? Do you think they're going to just come back and be? Gonna be,
2: gonna be I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think it's going to pick right back up. Now, yeah. I watched a little bit of Kimmel the other day, uh, just this morning. He had Lunell on. And it's the same. <laughs> yeah. It's right back, it's right back to it. You know, it's right back to it. I don't think you can have any the way the nature of things are is like you've got to hit the ground running. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everybody knows how the show knows how everybody knows how the show is done. So it's not like you have to relearn how to do everything. Everything knows how to show is done. You just plug back in and start doing it again.
0: You just gotta get paid to do it. That's it. Yeah, yeah.
2: And
3: <laughs> yeah. most of all the I all just the wonder I
1: remember from a business perspective if they're gonna get any like if people are not gonna come back to watch it. No, it
3: no. They're gonna no, be no. like,
1: people, are we gonna get rid gonna, of them? No, no, People are gonna watch. Like what's the daily show gonna do? They don't have a host that's, yet.
0: That's that's different though. That's, they don't have a host. So,
2: oh. Yeah, that's yeah. a different thing.
0: That's they got that's a problem because they wanted a son, but now with that yeah. whole thing, that ain't gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, we have yeah. Roy about for real.
2: The obvious
3: choice is Roy, Roy, Roy did
1: so good on his like week that yeah. he had to host yeah. Roy was great.
2: Well, in my in my opinion, and Andy' opinions too, I think I can speak for anyone. I say this: they just don't want to have another black host, and they don't want it to be seen as a black show. So they're not gonna bring in another black host, even though he's obviously the most, the most talented and the most qualified. But they do want to have a brown host. So they, it was going to be Hassan. Even though he already had a show that didn't yeah. do well. Yeah. He had a show that didn't do well. Roy hasn't had a show yet of his own. The obvious choice is to bring in Roy. It's the yeah. obvious. He's
1: great. I feel like yeah. everybody, he's so likable. Like, he's so funny. I mean, he's been in this game for years. Like, he was so easy to watch. Like Don't want it to be a black wait.
2: show. You can't have another black host because it'll be a black show. Can't have that. Can't have that now. In the meantime, it was two white dudes. You know, nobody would care. So you go from one white guy to another white guy. Nobody cares. No one even says those questions. But those metrics are factored into to a decision making process. And anybody who says it's not is lying to you. They're 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 not so the because it doesn't make any sense. So Roy, Roy doing the power move and being like, "Well, I'm out." <laughs> that's know, what
1: he, did. I'll go, I'll that's go do what he did. that's what. Roy did. Roy did say yeah. he, he said, "I'm not coming back," Where yeah, it's I'm like, out. you know.
2: Power is a straight power move. And we'll see if somebody else offers him something.
1: They have yeah. to. I mean, he's too yeah. good.
2: If I'm another spin network, I offer him a talk show. How could you Immediately not? Immediately, I offer him a talk show. You know, if I'm MSNBC, I offer him a talk show. You can do what you do on that. Do it late night on our network. We don't have comedy shows. We do now. <laughs> yeah. We do now. <laughs> now we do. You
0: know. Hire Ralph Cooper, damn it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just made, you know, he just made. Bring him in as a writer. He was on there for, God, so long, that job fair, like my people at the um trading card and auction house I work at were playing that, and I heard his voice one day. I said, what's going on? And he said, oh, yeah, we watch Roy's job fair here every day or every other one. I was like, wow. Yeah,
2: wow. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Roy could just go and do his own thing on YouTube and see
3: what you sure.
2: he, okay. he could
1: do his own thing on YouTube.
2: That's I always like he's an option. enough of a
3: following now. He has enough of a following. He's good enough. Yeah. yeah. That's always yeah.
2: an option. Yeah. yeah. What else you got, baby? Hmm? What else you got for me
3: today?
1: What else we got for you? Yeah, what you got for me? You don't have questions for me, girl? Of course I yeah.
2: have
3: questions
1: for you. What are you... What are you looking forward to? Because I feel like you've been through a lot of phases in your comedy career, right? And now you're in a writing phase. What are you looking forward to in your in your career as a writer, performer, entertainer? Making money. <laughs>
0: you That's the answer. Figuring, how out
1: figuring out how to make
2: money. Um, yeah, monetizing things is is, on a serious note, is how to figure out how to monetize the things that you're doing a lot of us just fall ass backwards into, into things. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a way to actually, free, actually monetize your products with, without not doing what you want to do? We know some very, all three of us know people who are very successful, who have very successful like podcasts or this or that. And you ask them, how'd you get that? And they are like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's, that's, that's my focus is how do I get to the, and um, that's focusing. That's on focus a, that's on.
1: a very hard thing to do in this game that a lot of people don't realize is, yeah. you know, you can get a lot, you, you can look like you're doing comedy a lot, like you're doing a lot of shows, but it become there does become a point where it's like, how do you really monetize it? And especially when you're doing it in an independent way, like. I also think that old school way of monetizing also doesn't make sense anymore. It's like, Oh, okay. You do comedy. Then you get a spot on a late night show Mm -hmm. and that either you get your own sitcom or you get cast on something like Saturday night live or the daily show or something, or you write for one of those shows. And it's just not how it works. Right. Anymore. I'm in the same boat. I'm trying to figure out, you know, I've got two kids and it's all figuring out like, okay, what am I doing here?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I'm at is basically what am I doing here? Yeah. You know, um, Still trying to pursue stand-up. It's still it's still the thing. Stand up is the thing that has got me to this point. All everything has gotten because of stand up, but I don't do stand-up nearly as much. Ever since the pandemic, when pulled away, yeah. I haven't really been doing stand up the way I was. I'm
0: me neither. <laughs> so, um, how often are you doing
2: stand up? Lately I've been trying to go well, it's nothing. When the show ended at the beginning of the year. So the show ended January 15th, you know, the shows get canceled. That's what happens. My whole scheduling shifted. So I wasn't able to do stand up in the evening anymore because I was working. I went to work on other shows and I was working from three to nine. So that was it. And there was no way I could get out. I could get to a spot before nine, 30, 10 o'clock. So there's no way I could do a show from three to nine. It's, it's, it was over. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. So for... All those months I didn't do any standing because I couldn't. I would do occasional a spot here, spot there, but consistently, no. As soon as the show ended, I started making it a point to go out and during the week and do a couple of spots, make myself available and do a couple of spots during the week just to see how it felt. Um, Everything seems to be coming back online. The getting on stage will never be will never be hard for me. That's easy. I can stand on stage and just talk for. And just talk for 15, 20 minutes and just be on stage, that's easy. It's You have to be doing, having reps and doing the jokes over and over and over. And that's the problem.
3: Yeah.
2: Part yep. of that is being motivated to go out and do it. Now, there are a couple of things I've decided I'm not going to do anymore. Like I opened for, speaking of the draft house, last thing I did, I'm, um opened for Jay Jordan, who's at the draft house a couple months ago. And I said, let me book myself to um, do an opening spot for him, you know. And when I was done, I was like, I'm not going to, I won't do this. Right? Open like, at no. all. No, not not that capacity, no. No, I'm middle. But to go in and be in that, because because it's a two-man show.
1: Yeah. Well, no. that spot, that spot, by the way, I think that's the hardest spot in comedy. Yeah. The host feature combo spot. Yeah, a very difficult spot.
2: Yeah, I won't do it. I won't do it anymore. And I can do it. Of course I can do it. I just won't do it. I won't do it anymore.
1: For for those people that don't know what it is, if you're listening, so usually on a basic comedy show, there's three comedians on a show. Like when you go to a weekend at a comedy club, there's a host, which is someone who does like 10 minutes at the beginning, and they're kind of talking to the audience, and they're just kind of warming you up while the servers are asking for your order and bringing you drinks. And then you have a warm-up comic, which is the feature which has someone who's doing anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes. And that person is just doing comedy and get you used to the idea of comedy. And then your headliner comes up, who does an hour who's usually the person on the marquee that you're there to see. But some clubs have an opening spot, which isn't host or feature. It's both. So it's just one person and then your headliner. And in my opinion, that spot, that host feature spot is the hardest spot to do in comedy. But From doing those spots, at least I can say, like, that's made me get better quicker than any other spot.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Because I think with that, you have to do warm-up stuff, but then you also have to do some of your material.
1: Right. And you might have material that's not ready for the spot. And so you have to get, like, and you might not be the kind of comic who's, like, ready to host. or And by ready to host, I mean, who's good at hosting, who's good at going up to a cold room. And it's different than a host, because it's like, okay, you warm them up a little bit, but then you leave fast enough where they're like, oh, I can, I can see comedy now, and now I can digest mm-hmm. someone who's here as a comedian, not as my emcee. Here's,
2: like, here's the thing that, that as someone who books comics also, um, we we're booking three-man shows, and I used to hear this a lot. Look, when I when I started back in the old days, when I started doing comedy, you had to, first of all, a host set was 15 minutes, middle set was 30, and a headline set was 45. That was standard. Wow. wow. Week the week ran Tuesday through Sunday. One show on Tuesday, one sh- one show Tuesday through Thursday, two on Friday, two on Saturday, one on Sunday.
1: So a comic would have come and tour place for a week.
2: Eight shows. You'd be there. For no a week. way. Yeah, you'd get there on. Maybe you get there on Tuesday. Maybe you leave on Monday morning was yeah. this up here or just in texas this was standard okay yeah. it was I, standard started tech, I started toured, in texas that was industry standard So yeah. when
1: you toured so they were making way more money then too i imagine
2: no <laughs> no yeah, way more. because the money hasn't changed i've been doing stand-up over 20 years the money response hasn't changed at all it's been the same amount of money since be- probably before I was doing cinema which that's is what I've heard, uh,
1: but that's what I mean. If well, you would, if you were doing eight shows, you had to be making more money because you're doing more yeah.
2: shows. Okay, a hundred dollars. It ain't easy though. <laughs> yeah, a hundred dollars <laughs> back
1: then is a lot. Eight hundred. Yeah, you get eight
2: hundred dollars as opposed to five hundred dollars. But it's volume. Yeah, but then you yeah. got to pay for your trip. But you're traveling more. You got to pay for your travel. You got to pay for your food, and shit yeah. like that. <laughs> Yeah, um,
3: yeah, yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. A tour date, a whole week yeah.
2: long tour date. That's hard. Yeah, and you're in a town for a whole week. But what you wanted to do was do three of those a month. That's what you wanted to do. Or you could do like a cat. I know Eddie Gosling, who he just would live with his parents. He was living with his parents. He wasn't really living there. He was touring a lot. So he just had his mail sent there to his parents' house. But he he bought a car. He bought four tours because he used to do a joke about it. My friends call it the clitoris. <laughs> he said. Mm-hmm. Bought this Ford Taurus, and he just put hundreds of thousands of miles on it. So what you would do is you would buy a car and just put hundreds of thousands of miles, hundreds of thousands wow. Drive, driving around. I put a lot of miles on my I had a Hyundai, put a lot of miles on my Hyundai, physically driving around Texas doing stand-up. So wow. when I hear people say now, at some point it became, I guess I'm not just a host. I'm, I'm a feature. I'm not a host because I don't have host energy. I'm like, uh, you should shut the fuck up. And learn how to be a host. What it is, is you don't like the host. Okay? You don't like the host, so that's your excuse out. Well, I just don't have host energy. Well, fuck you. Learn how to be a host. (laughs) Hosting
1: hosting is also really hard.
2: Yes, exactly. A lot of
1: people don't like to do things that are hard. Hosting is hard. Hosting is really hard. And the longer I do comedy, the more I respect hosting. So I'm like, that shit is hard.
2: You know, you, know, you know how long I hosted before I got my first feature spot in an A room? Four years. Yeah. Four years of hosting. Okay. And the club I started at, you would get to host once every quarter. So every year, you got to host four times. Four times a year. Four times a year. For early quarter, middle quarter, second quarter, fall quarter. You know, every three months, you got a hosting spot. Every three months, you got a hosting spot. You know. And you learn how to, and we did a weekend show, much the same way I ran a, the model for the weekend show we used to do at the Draft House, uh, we copied from them. That came from me, from how we used to do the show in San Antonio. And um, to, to put together, you have a, a the B block, a nice strong A block, another B block, and then a C block, rather than just whoever comes and signs up, you see how it works. The show builds momentum and gets a life as opposed to, I'm going to put this great comic up and then this terrible comic, another terrible comic, a mediocre comic, and then maybe another great comic. So I learned a lot about it in San Antonio, how to to run a show. Did that every Saturday night for four years, too. Every Saturday night for four years, before I got my first middle spot. Now, I did spots all around the city, little bars and stuff, and you go to Eagle Pass or or uh Laredo or Valde or something like that or a lot of those spots, Eagle Pass. You know, like you know that bar in Desperado?
3: Yeah, I do. I you. performed
2: in that bar. I performed at that bar. Yeah, that was their that was their clean to fame. This was the
3: bar
1: at the beginning of Desperado. Man. Hilarious. Was like, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> we know. <laughs> By the way, the comedy show that's there now on Tuesdays is probably yeah. called like Des yeah, yeah something stupid really? like something <laughs> stupid like
2: that. Yeah, all those. No. i I told you, Elena, you would have you would have loved it because it was all these: Eagle Pass, Carrizo Springs, uh, Laredo, Del Rio. Uh, go the other way if you, if you were a real road warrior. You drive your ass to El Paso. It was a long drive across the desert. Uh, Lubbock, uh, uh, all those little shit towns. You know, Killeen, the military base in Fort Hood. I did the military base a bunch of times. You know, Colleen and stuff like that. And then you drive maybe you drive to Dallas and do the improv in Dallas. Maybe when Amy moved because I was living in Austin. Me and Amy were both living in Austin. We were just boyfriend and girlfriend. And then she moved to Dallas. I would drive up there on the weekends and occasionally I would do a spot at the Dallas improv. So well, I say all that to say, all that is gone. Yeah, all those going and 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 build, billing your chops and stuff like that, all that's gone. I'm not saying it's it's a bad thing either. Like you hear a lot of old comics saying they don't like the way young comics are coming up. I don't care if you're just what a, uh, a, a, a Instagram comic or a, a Twitter comic. Cause hey, look, you got a following. Good. If them people want to give you money to watch you stand up there and do whatever the fuck it is you do. Okay, that's fine with me. That's fine, it's fine with me. Are you are you entertaining them? That's the point. Right. On the other side, I feel good when I see a comic like Lunell. I don't know if y'all just seen her special dropped on
0: Netflix. Oh, I saw a couple clips. I love oh. her. He's amazing. ending
2: Lunell. Lunell? Lunel. Oh,
1: Lunel. Yeah, of course, it's of course. The of course.
2: second one now that Chappelle has put money into. Yeah. Um, Produce. The ending of that is super strong, you know, and you all know how I feel about Earthquake Special. It was, man, listen, that Earthquake Special. So that gave me hope. I said, OK, here's people that are older than me. Yeah. And they're still doing it.
3: Yeah. I mean,
1: look
2: so, at look at Leanne Morgan. I mean, she just blew up. I know Leanne Morgan. You do? <laughs> From the circuit. Really? That was amazing to me.
3: <laughs>
1: that when I was like, <laughs> yeah. I love, I love, yeah. like, I love that Netflix made her a star. Like, I love everything that's going on with that. Like grandma right. jokes. Great. Yeah. yeah
2: great. But she has a, she has a huge fan base because she started, yeah. she started touring in the South. So she would come to San Antonio and we, I saw her a couple, a couple more than once. I oh, see here. We would kind of run across each other in different places.
1: You know, and and she's then I'm a looking great at... story about being, you know, rejected by the industry again and again. Yeah. You know, I, I saw like she, you know, she's done. A lot of people don't know this, but you go to Montreal just for laughs. You get in, and some people get stuff from that, but some people fail at and it. There's, there's
2: no anything. reason. There's no guarantee going to get anything out of it.
1: Yeah, she she got you know she did Montreal for laughs a couple times like got nothing out of it. And now she's headlining like the biggest theater on it. I mean, I love to see it.
2: Love yeah, it. yeah, and she's a good comic.
1: She's great. a good comic,
2: because she's a she's a good person. I don't want to talk to her because I'm afraid. Of, I'm afraid now. I find out she's Mag or some shit like that. I'm be like, oh, we're done. Ah, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I'm just listening to your accent there. That sounds Magan. You know, you, you know. But she's a great comic, and she was a great person. Yeah, yeah. Just, but she was just.
1: Good. I mean, I don't know her, but she seems like I just love yeah. the energy. She just seems like a really nice like lady you know with kids and grandkids just like a nice lady doing comedy like it's so and she's good this
2: is what she was then she was a nice lady with who was married the thing that kind of bound a couple of us together was like i was i was 29 turning 30 when i started doing stand-up i was already more or less an adult yeah so i didn't that's how i became friendly with george lopez or Amberly iglesias or Willie Barcena or somebody like a Leanne or something because I was already
0: it's you were like a, man a text who started comedy. Like yeah, me. it's like
2: I texted you and, the other night. I texted Elena. I was at some show. I was like, Jesus, fucking Christ, he's fucking. <laughs> just all these kids. They're just like they're children. It's it's just to, next to me. They're they're literally young enough to be my kids. <laughs> yeah. So when I'm standing there talking to them and I don't. Want to be dismissive of them, but I don't really have anything to talk to you about. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. God, I know that feeling so well. I know that feeling so well. When you're talking yeah. to these comments, you're like, I just can't relate.
3: Yeah. So, so, study-
1: no, something that they're stressed about. I'm not going to tell you yeah. what the person said she was stressed about because you guys are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. She's very young. And she, like, kind of recently was telling me about what she was stressed about in her life. I was like, I can't connect. Like, yeah. I just I can't connect. With you.
2: Yeah, that's how I feel. I'm talking to them. I'm like, and it's and it is different when I'm talking to young black kids. It's way different than when yeah. I'm talking to white kids or young Latin kids. When I'm talking to young black young black black folks on comedy, it's it's a complete different energy. But if I'm talking to somebody who's not, I'm like, I don't really, and I know what you're talking
3: about, and everything you're going through, and I don't want to talk to you about it.
1: Well, I know what you mean. mean. I've been doing all these Spanish shows, so I've been around all these Latin comics, and most of them are younger than me. Yeah. Some of the ones that I tour with a lot, they're like significantly younger than me, like ten years. Yeah. But they're Venezuelan, and young Venezuelans, like you, it's all cool and normal. And then they start talking a little bit about how they got to the United States and like some of the shit that they've been through, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Like it is heavier than anything I could imagine.
2: But you can talk to them about that though.
1: Yeah, but like just the what they've been through. I was like, "Oh, this is why I can connect with you and this is why there's a maturity to you. It's not just cultural, but just like the situation that's brought you to to comedy yeah. is so different than like I think Bill Burr is funny and I want us to be able to say controversial things on a mic that I right, can't say. Right,
3: anymore. right,
2: right, right. Yeah, like have you have you here's a question for you now? Have you learned how to tap into Tia Elena energy on stage yet? Have you you know what, It
1: comes out, it comes out by accident. Like my mom side comes out by accident.
2: You shouldn't, you shouldn't do it as an accident. You should learn how to tap into that. Are you
1: doing? Sometimes like I, the- I get self-conscious about it. You know, like sometimes, sometimes I'll get self-conscious that it's not that, oh, I'm coming off too angry or I'm coming off too, I don't, why don't know. As long as you make it funny.
2: Yeah. Petey, do you do Uncle Petey on We haven't been stand-up in a while, but yeah. you you now have the gravitas where you can pull off and Uncle Petey, basically, like, y'all know, I do, it's, um, people call me Un- Uncle Randolph anyway. Uncle, right. Uncle, you know, uh, sure. uh, who's my man that makes the cookies? Um,
0: Um, I mean I think so because that's just kind of who I am so I come to the stage and it's like that like I still get requests to host these things even though I'm not really active as much Um, so I know I can do it and I do it but it's just mm, right now it's not it you know
2: yeah Uncle Uncle Randolph I get that a lot you know know, usually it is and again it's usually one of the young black comics I don't allow everybody to you know, talk to, because I don't know everybody like that, but the ones that do. But that is an energy that I've, I've been saying on stage. Uh, my opening line has been the last couple of weeks is of, uh, yes, I am a comic. I know I give off a Professor of African American Studies vibe, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not your Professor of African American Studies vibe. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually a comic. Uh, now check that off your syllabus and so let's get down to this. <laughs> <laughs> let's get down to this, <laughs> you know, uh, just because the way I dress, the way I carry myself, you know, I'm just, I'm generally significantly older than anybody in the audience. Although I did a thing with Leon um, <laughs> at a, uh, the spot he has and there was a family celebrating, the black family and they're celebrating a 50th birthday.
3: That was fantastic.
2: Oh, perfect. Then it that's was all funny. us. <laughs> you know.
3: Perfect for you. My family
2: perfect. and our her 50th birthday it was fantastic. And every comic, every comic did well. This young lady who I'd never seen before, was very young, Where I was like, You got no business being that funny. <laughs> I had to pull her aside. I said, listen, um the bomb that's coming your way is gonna be huge. Okay. Yeah. Don't be afraid of it. Don't see because you've been you've been doing standard for a little bit of while you're doing this well, that bomb is gonna I can hit you like a wrecking bomb.
3: Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Don't, don't sure.
2: be afraid of it when it hits you. It's just it is what it is. Just brush it off. So, but trust me, it's gonna come. <laughs> it's going to come.
3: Well,
1: who was it? I wonder. Oh, um,
2: what is her name? Patty? Patty. Patty Patty
1: Mata? Patty Mata? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like her. You know, she's a... Uh, yeah, she's, she's like a minister. Right? She's
3: yeah, she's a, a minister. minister.
1: She's yeah. a minister.
2: She was very funny.
1: Oh, good yeah. for her. Good for her. I haven't seen her full set before, but she's always so nice. And night. Nice yes, she came up and, and talked to me. And, and I followed her on Instagram. I was like, you're a minister? Fuck yeah. yeah. So
3: cool. Yeah, she's
2: very nice. Very funny. Um, Then I was watching her. I was like, I said, how are you doing this? She said about six months or you got no business." I said you got, no, like business. Not not said, you got no business being this funny as after six months I can tell you that shit so well,
0: confident too he'll come right up to you talk over to over a congregation or anything like that I wonder if she is chops and public speaking
1: so. yeah probably
3: probably and, you know. and she's
1: she's not intimidated by anybody
3: nah, you no you know she's
1: real nice she'll come up to you talk to you but like not intimidated in that like nice confident way sure. you know she'll come up and talk to you.
2: And then she sent, me a, she sent me a Facebook or an Instagram thing saying, uh, thank you so much for telling me that later, like a week later. Mm-hmm. I thought about that, and you're right. Uh, thank you so much. I was like, oh, you must have bombed it. You must
3: have <laughs> <laughs> <a> bombed
1: somewhere <laughs> at some point. I
3: remember
2: Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg and his wife told me one time, there's me name dropping. Did you catch that name I just threw at you? Yeah, we got oh.
1: it. We caught it. Don't worry about
2: it. Austin, his uh, I did a guest spot on one of his shows. It was the weekend he got busted. He got busted uh for like transporting drugs or some shit like that leaving the Austin airport mm-hmm. that Sunday and that Saturday night we were talking and he was like yeah you need to bomb he was like you you need to bomb you're doing really well you need the bomb <laughs> he's like you you need to bomb I was like what he was like no you trust me you need to you need to bomb once or twice into to what bombing does is bombing teaches you how to re-engage and pick it back up. Yeah know. How to learn how to handle a bomb. Because if you're just doing, I'm just doing well, I'm just doing well. And then when the bomb comes, you're like, oh my God, your heart's broken. You
0: know? Yeah. I mean, is it for resilience, do you think? Or is it strictly for, like, Joey Diaz talks about the value of, like, bombing droughts where he'll bomb for, like, weeks at a time, or maybe will
2: okay. that, that, do that I don't believe. Really? No. That's what I do. That I'll, like, bombing bomb, for a I'll week, bomb or bomb weeks her. at a time. That I don't, that I don't believe in. You should be if you're bombing a joke. If a joke bombs, let's say once, right? Okay. You bomb a set, and then you come the next set. You try the same material, and it bombs again. And then you try it again, and it bombs again. You need to get rid of that material because that material is not funny.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: I give a
3: joke three. I go chances. through a lot
1: of phases like that, though, where the same jokes will do really well. Yeah. And then for a while, I I do I go through phases where it's just like, and I feel like. It kind of is like a domino effect when you're doing well. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah.
3: You're also more yeah. confident
1: on stage, and then when you get in one of those like bombing ruts.
2: Yeah, yeah. If it's the look, if it's the joke, if it's a joke that I know does does well, then I did. I probably didn't tell it right.
3: Yeah. I
2: Rushed it or something yeah. like that. That's a new joke, and I'm trying, and it is not working. Well, then it's funny to me. It's not funny to them. Yeah. And if yeah. a tree falls in a forest and no one hears it, then it actually fall? If you tell a joke and no one laughs, is it a joke?
0: Yeah, yeah. You gotta <laughs> look just, yourself in the mirror and give yourself right. the Billy Sparks right. speech that no one understands your shit, but you. Right, oh. right, right. Personally, I don't
2: believe in bombing just nonstop for weeks. If that happens, I'm like, okay, you gotta you gotta step back and do a self assessment. Like
1: yeah, are you, you do. Are you writing like with, with me? It's an energy thing when that happens. Yeah. When I go on those like streaks, it's not even the it's not even the words coming out of my mouth. Like something yeah. fucks up with my energy, yeah. and it takes me a minute, and I have to like stop doing it right. for a few days, for a week or something to like reset. And then yeah, it, and you know, I've like,
2: been doing that a lot now. Like I said, is like uh, I'm really trying to get away from you because this is like if I go like to like to Sean's room. I go to hotbed Now I can go in there and just plug into the act and I can level it. If I chose to, I can just go in there and say, I'll just do the act and I will fucking murder this room. But What's the point? <laughs> you know, what's the point? I've murdered enough times in, over, over the course. of time. What's, what's the point? So let me just not do that. Let me just do all these new ideas I have in my head. I'll give you one in front. I'll give myself and the audience. We'll, we'll both have one in front. <laughs> Just to get things greased and then I'll do one on the back end. I've also been having Sean put me up early. Another challenge. I do that put up, too. Put me up early. And let me see what I can do. You know. And again, I could I could going up early. I can just go and plug in and just level this one. I stop myself from doing it. I don't want to I don't want to do that. Cause that's hard because I'm like, I want to hear these laps. Let me just do these jokes. Do- I'm like, no. Really, don't. It's
1: really hard to to manage that manage like okay i could just make people laugh or i could try something interesting and let myself grow
3: right right
1: when you're doing well a lot that can also be scary because it's like oh i'm so used to getting these big laughs Mm
3: -hmm. right
2: and it's not like when i was living in new york and i was doing x amount of sets a night a week you know yeah i'm also not a guy who believes that not anymore that i have to gotta be up every night gotta be just grinding i don't believe that anymore the mm. pandemic knocked that out of me. Yeah. Should have knocked that out of all of us that mm. that shit like I gotta,
3: I gotta just gotta, gotta, gotta grind. Fuck all that, man. Mm. Yeah, fuck, yeah fuck I don't that. have
1: I don't have time for that. I mean I go up a lot, but I mean not like different phases.
2: Even if have- you have the time. Yeah. You don't need to be grinding all the time. It's just I don't see the not anymore. There's too much you're
1: not living life.
2: That's,
1: That's right. You need, you need to live life
2: to be able to write right. about something. Right. Yeah. You're not reading. You're not reading. You're not watching movies. You're not listening to music. You're not talking to people. You're not interacting yeah. with other people. What is inspiring you? Good question. Oh, that is a good question. What inspires me is is
0: Oh no! I, I I wasn't directly asking that. I was kind of rhetorical. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. What question. inspires you? Right, 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 right. Yeah, good, good art. Way. But you could ask and answer it, it too. It is a good question. <laughs> it's, it's what inspires me is
2: good art. Yeah. It is good art because I want to produce. I want to produce good art, whether it be writing or or something. And again, I want to produce good art that people like, not just that I like. Right. I another thing I don't like. Quincy Jones said. Uh, Quincy Jones said in his book, any artist who tells you that they don't care if the public likes it is lying to you. So they're not telling you the truth. We all want our work to be liked. It's when your work is not liked then you start to be defiant about well you just don't understand the artist, they don't understand me I'm an artist. It, no, you want people to like what you what you do Yeah, I, Of course you do We all do you sure. know? But I don't want to just produce stuff that just pleases people Right I'm also kind of on the mindset that Patrice said one time, you know, if 50% of the audience likes you and 50% of the audience hates you, that's common.
0: Yeah. If 100% of the audience
2: is liking you, you know. Mm-hmm. He also said, which I agree with, is just being a boutique act. Like, look, I'm just a boutique act. These people come to see me. You know, if you own a little boutique store and you just sell a certain little thing and people like it, you know,
1: I don't like. Um, that goes back to monetization.
2: That's what I'm trying to do. In yeah, A little boutique. Yeah. What's yeah. what's those two brothers? Two white dudes that make they make the same movie all the time. They made the. Uh, the Coen Brothers. The Coen Brothers. Okay. I don't watch their movies. No. No, their movies aren't for me. Okay. That doesn't make them bad movies.
0: No, <laughs> I, I love mean? the movies personally. <laughs> right.
2: They're not for me, right? It's fine. They have a little boutique, Cohen Brothers. They make boutique movies, or for the PD Sugs of the world, <laughs> you know, they make boutique <laughs> movies. For whatever reason, people like it's not so much that people like them as that the industry lets them make these movies because that movie's got to make like forty-two cents, maybe. They, yeah. I can't see them making a lot of money, you know. I like the Hugh, but I like I like the Hughes brothers. <laughs> okay. Who don't make movies together now the way they used to, right? But I'd rather watch Men of Society. I watch Men of Society anytime it comes on. Hughes Brothers. I'd rather watch that. I'd rather watch Dead Presidents.
0: Watch American Pimp.
2: Yeah, see that's Hughes Brothers. (laughs) I'd rather watch that. Cohen Brothers movies don't speak to me. The Hughes Brothers movies speak to me. Gotcha. What I'm trying to do is figure out how to how to write to that to that.
0: Right, yeah. get it. You know, in the
2: that's the thing I like. So, how do I write? That's what's inside of me. The Hughes brothers isn't inside. The Cohen brothers isn't inside of me. Not that I, again, one way or the other. I like the Wachowskis, the siblings. I like what they do, although their last movies have been shit. But early on, they were they were knocking it out of the park. <laughs> the Wachowskis. Which ones are they? I don't know. That's the Matrix. Wachowski's the Matrix. Ah. Yeah, that's the ah. Matrix. But they also did this one called Jupiter Ascending. Oh my God, that movie's that terrible. Jupiter
1: Ascending. They did the one that was good before they started making everything bad.
2: That movie's terrible. I think they did this one where people are kind of traveling around through time. It's like Tom Hanks.
1: Oh, you know what they did too? Halle Halle for vendetta is them. Which one? V for Vendetta.
0: I remember that one. That, been... yeah, I that think wasn't
1: bad. Yeah, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad, but that well,
2: was yeah. just a that was a graphic novel, and they they went by they went with the source material. You know, I shouldn't say just, it's hard to adapt.
3: I think that's them.
2: A graphic novel. Yeah, I'm
3: pretty sure. I think you're right.
2: Yeah, it's the Wachowskis. Wachowskis, you know. I like, I like, I don't, when I say I don't like what the Cohen brothers do, I don't dislike what they do. I don't anything that, (laughs) if that makes sense.
3: I
1: don't. It's not, to your point, it's not. For you. And this is yeah. exact I've been doing this with stand-up. That's why I started doing Spanish and I'm investing way more in Spanish because it's like it's not for everybody, but it's for me and it's for yeah. a pretty big niche of people.
0: Yeah, right. You know? So that's what makes us special. We can't all like the Cohen brothers or right. whatever, you know. Right.
2: And right. and I don't shit on people who like it. I'm like this, yeah. that's your shit. Good, break I'll
3: mm-hmm. shoot on you
2: if you like Drake. Like, what the fuck are you
3: doing? <laughs> <laughs> I like Drake. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: that dude. Not his music now. That guy's got fucking problems now. I don't know what's wrong with that dude. That he's got, he got too
1: famous. I think
2: check into some of the shit he's doing now, where he's
1: shitting. I, on I haven't listened to the latest album at all. He just he just shitting
2: on, like people, right? shitting on people, on people who he has no business shitting on. What are you shitting on, his brother's Spalding for? What well, does that mean? make you
1: money? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I
2: don't think it's that we talked no, about. He, I think kids. he has some bad.
0: serious mental yeah, issues. It's
2: him. Thank you, Petey. It's him. Yeah, it's not just I'm trying to make money by shitting on his brother's falling I mean, he's he been no really.
1: I think when you're really famous for a really long time at that level, how does that not fuck with your head?
2: Sure, I, I don't know, because right? you can look at because I can look at Tom Hanks, and I'm like, "That's a nice guy," and he's yeah. Yeah, right, famous. There some, there's some
1: exceptions to the rule. <laughs> he was. A,
2: Denzel Washington, Tom Hanks, uh, Jamie Foxx. You ain't heard nobody talk shit about Jamie Foxx. That's
1: true. Jamie Foxx has been famous for a long time. You
2: know, Keenan Ivory Wayans. He's another one. He's, he's very low key and behind the scenes. Who's another career I wouldn't mind having something in those veins. he, has a, he's been a much the driving force of the Wayans family. I don't know, but when I
0: hear Tom Hanks, then you look at one of his sons. Jeez yeah, you're Christ. like, what happened?
2: Yeah, <laughs> what Got the older boy who's a great character actor,
1: you know, and then this one.
3: Hey, yeah, what, what yeah. happened?
1: Yeah, well, every family has one. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I
2: said, the older boy's a great character actor. I yeah, the older, older one. Movies, I'm is like, great. this kid's good. And then you got this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, we want to thank Randolph for coming on the Arlington Draft House podcast today for his second or third appearance, even though he doesn't believe us. I don't. Randolph, let the people know, where where can they find you?
2: You can find me at Randolph, just Google Randolph Terrence, T-E-R-R-A-N-C-E-R-A-N-D-O-L-P-H, not F. And Google Randolph Terrence, you will see my Substack pop up. That's where my writings are at. Um, you will see references to Drape the Maniacs will pop up. Go listen to that. You'll see the podcast that I've been a part of for many years now, Three Guys On. That's the word three, guys on. We've just now gone over to Spotify, so if you got a Spotify, go on to Spotify Ooh. and
1: listen on We that. love
2: Three Guys On. Love- on say, you guys need to come on back. You will hear Elena's voice dropping in on certain things. Y'all need to come on back on, Peter. You- I've reached yep. out to Peter. If he would be fucking it off. be like, what you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. It's like PD coming on three guys on is like Petey's stand-up career at this point. Ah. That's that's what it's Ooh. like. Like, well, I
0: am kind of,
3: I'm,
2: I'm kind of doing it. I guess. I mean, yep. you know.
0: medicine, medicine, I need it. Yeah, the views of PD Steele will be back. Yeah, see,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no reason for you not to be on. There's no reason for you not to be on. Elena, y'all, you know the door's always open. All you got to do Thank is. Thank you. And you know,
1: I love you guys. I love you guys.
2: Come I'm on, anytime. Be yeah, because yeah, the audience loves y'all, and they they ask
1: about y'all. I we you, love them. We love them. Tell you, totally. tell you,
2: particularly on the zooms now. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know them that's well. it. Everybody, hit me up. Hit me up. All I- right. All right. You guys can find me on Instagram, Elena Blondita. Find everything about us on the Arlington Draft House Instagram page and web page. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Peace out.
3: Peace.